Hello, Alpha. Welcome to CRO Wisdom, the voice of risk leaders. I'm delighted that you're able to join us today. Thank you so much, Atul. Really excited um, to be here. So, Alpha, let's begin by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and kind of, you know, where were you before this role that you have today? Sure. Um, so, look, I've been in the industry for about 23 plus years. Um, started my career in manufacturing and then was in engineering and construction for a couple of years. Also did aero defense. And in the last 15 years, I've been in the financial industry, specifically with SockGen, uh, Goldman Sachs, and currently at BNY Mellon. Um, and really, really excited because at BNY Mellon, I currently am head of third-party governance advisory group, which looks at across 22 lines of businesses and how we actually look at vendor risk. Um, so that's what my current role is at BNY Mellon. Great. So, Alpa, it seems like, you know, number of different kind of roles. How did you get started um, in risk management? Um, so it's a very interesting story, right? Um, and what happened is after the 2008 financial crisis, um, I was, you know, I just joined Goldman Sachs after that. And if we think about the regulations and how it was changing um, the yeah. industry and the stress testing, um, you know, having Dodd-Frank, that got charged. It was something that was front and center for the financial industry. And that's how I got into it because nobody knew what the regulations impacts were. Um, and to be kind of spearheading that, um, I actually was a chief of staff at that time for Reg and Tax Operation. That's how I came oh. into the risk area. Yeah, it's always interesting how people there make their way into risk management. Yeah. So, Alpa, reflect on kind of what you've experienced in 2020. And as you think about 2021, uh, what are your key priorities? What What is going to change? Yeah. So look, I mean, I think we have about three to four priorities, if I can say that. Yeah. And data. So Alpha, do you mind repeating what you just said? Uh, so in this current environment, okay. what are going to be your key priorities going forward? So current um, priorities that, you know, I'll focus on three or four of them. The first one is cybersecurity risk and data breaches. I think that's, you know, across all the industries, I think that's the ultimate priority for most regulators, our ECs, as well as the board. Um, I think the second is really looking at not just the cyber risk, but also other aspects of risk, which is operational risk, financial risk, um, and, you know, strong governance, I think it's also as critical. Um, and then third, I would say probably is resiliency, right? Um, as we are going through so much change from a technology perspective during the pandemic, I think most organizations are really prioritizing on not just the risk, but how resilient are we um, as an organization? So I think those are a couple of the priorities we have um, currently. You know, Alpha, I'm so delighted to hear you not just fixated or focused on just cyber. And you talked about all these other risks because too often we see companies traditionally being so focused on third-party risk, looking at financial risk and looking at cyber risk, but very clearly you're, you have a much wider risk aperture. Any other examples of risk categories that you see that you say, I'm, I'm glad we are monitoring this because it has such a direct impact on resiliency? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you think about, you know, we're looking at um, econ economic risk, we are looking at um, geopolitical risk, especially now in the current landscape. I think location and concentration risk have significantly helped us. given yeah. And B 
because where our vendors are based are where our clients as well equally important and then where our internal offices are. So I think it's a threefold and all of them, I think, has a significant impact if we think about our concentration and location. So, yeah, look, I mean, we have a wide array of risks that we're looking at. And, you know, like you said, it's not good enough just to have cybersecurity risk, right? Um, you have to think about, you know, between the hurricanes, uh, what's happening in the current climate change, all of that we are actually incorporating in our day-to-day -day risk profiles. Yeah, but that's really good. That's really good advice, right? Financial, cyber, environmental, location, geopolitical, kind of status of company solutions and others. Now, often when you think about all these solutions, traditionally what we have seen is that companies are getting these from different providers and different parts of the company are getting this. So what's compliant may have, may, may never get exposed to sourcing and what sourcing may have never gets exposed to third-party risk. What's your thinking around the challenges around being able to integrate all this so that you can get a single integrated point of view? You know, it's so important to what you're bringing up, right? Having that single integrated approach. Um, I'll be honest, we are not quite there yet. Um, we are working on it like most of the other, you know, our competitors or peers. Um, given the fact that every single different, like you said, sections of lines of businesses, they do have their own different vendors that provide different services, either it's OFAC sanction screening, either it's cyber risk, um, legal. Um, they are very desperate and separate in silos, um, and the criteria are very different too, right? So depending on the vendor, they measure risk very differently as well and how they categorize them. So having a single integrated approach, I think, gives us a holistic or an enterprise view. Um, which we are currently somewhat missing because you are kind of threading all these different elements of the risk. So I think we're eventually going to get to that integrated approach where you have an enterprise view of what that risk is for a specific vendor, specific client. Um, we are working, but I don't think we have a solution as of yet, to be honest. All right. Well, great programs are always work in progress. So, uh, so. Alpa, I know that one of the other programs that you are integrating fairly well and making good progress on is that the addition of continuous monitoring. Talk to us about how you're incorporating it, how you're using it, and what advice would you have for others regarding adoption of continuous monitoring? Yeah, look, I mean, continuous monitoring has been critical for our success, uh, especially if we think about, um, you know, last decade in general. Um, it has really transformed the way how we operate in the businesses. And I think I will have to say, you know, as an organization, why we have been successful, it's because one of the reasons I would say is because of having continuous monitoring. So let me define what continuous monitoring means for us and how we actually operate um, based on continuous monitoring. So if you think about earlier time, what we did is we had a single point of time where we looked at uh, risk assessments. We usually would onboard a vendor. We would look at, you know, we'll do a great due diligence. And at that time, that was it, right? And then unless based on the category of the risk of that vendor, high, moderate, critical, we would then go on renewal basis and look at that every year, two years, every three years. Right. Given the pandemic and just in general, all the changes that we're going through in the last decade, I think it's important to see continuous monitoring has played a significant role um, because the companies that existed a year ago might not be in today. Even companies that existed a month ago might not be, mm -hmm. right? Either from a financial um, challenges that they're having, operational challenges, location challenges. So one of the things we're looking at is having these real-time alerts. 
And based on these real-time alerts, we are changing our process as an organization. So for example, we could have some vendors that we classified as critical, maybe let's say six months ago. Right. Based on these alerts and continuous monitoring and what we are seeing, the trends, we are now literally rearranging our process. And now we're going to these vendors and saying, we might, based on these alerts, we're going to specifically choose a domain and get much more comfortability to make sure, do they have the right evidences or do they have the right mitigants? And I think that has kind of changed or transformed how continuous monitoring works for us. I also think it's so, so important is once we get these alerts, how do we actually take action or how do we execute it? So that is something that we are refining every day to get better and better, to be able to then do that predictive and be proactive. And be right. Right. You know, what's interesting to me about that is that you're, you're actually taking a risk-based approach to risk management, right? You're focusing on where the issues and challenges are and focusing on making sure they're mitigated rather than being generic across all of the third parties. Yeah, especially. And I mean, if you think about it, I mean, look, a lot of the times we used to go to our critical vendors, we used to do on-site assessments. We can't right. do that at all. Everybody's working from home now, right? <laughs> so I think the continuous monitoring has significantly helped us because we are seeing these alerts, um, uh, you know, and that data triggers for us to then do the investigation that needs to be accurately reflected from our best perspective. So no, I couldn't agree with you more. Good. Let's let's pivot to the profession of risk management and you. You know, Bloomberg identified risk managers risk manager as a hot job. What, what do you think about it? Um, I'm really excited, to be honest. And the reason why is, look, I'm a risk leader. So for all of us who are in the risk industry, I think this is a great, um, great, great thing. I think in the past, we have always been on behind the scenes. Uh, if you think about, you know, the risk space, I think now, if you can see what is happening, we are driving the agenda. The risk leaders are talking to the regulators, they're talking to the ECs um, and the board to give them their insights and make sure do we have the right risk protocols and do we have the right mitigants. So I think um, it's an exciting um, you know, time right now for all the risk leaders because we are really kind of looking at it strategically. Uh, we're trying to be resilient and be proactive and then help drive the organization to make sure that they are Right. You know, I think it's extremely well-deserved. When you look at what risk managers, what risk leaders have done, particularly around resilience, and the companies that have done well have shown the great competitive advantage and benefit of great, good risk management. No, I agree with you because, look, as it's equally, and look, there is never a predictive risk um, as I call the calculator, right? There's nothing that can tell you what the risks are coming. Um, nobody predicted COVID. Um, but I will say it's how resilient are organizations and how quickly can they adapt, right? Because a lot of the organizations, right. especially with the legacy infrastructure that you have, with the talent that you currently have, it makes it very, very difficult. So yes, I think resiliency is going to be a key critical aspect. For so Alpha. Talk about a little bit about yourself. Uh, what resources do you rely on to make yourself a better professional? 
So look, um, I think industry forms are very, very you know, important to be in this position. Uh, I have been very fortunate. Um, I sit on the shared assessment um, committee. And you know, there, as you guys I know, they are the industry leaders in third party risk and certifications. Um, I also sit on the risk board, which is another organization um, that is really peer to peer network where it's across different industries and we leverage each other for best practices and insights. So that's where we kind of talk about what other industries are doing within the space of third party governance. And then there's naturally another one is women corporate directors, uh, where women are really helping each other in this uh, specific third party governance. So I think those are a couple of the industries that I think highly um, makes me successful by being affiliated with them. Um, I also am look abreast with the latest articles and the white papers um, as it's, it's important. And then having a strong network, I can't you know emphasize how important it is, especially during this time, to really understand how other organizations are managing the risk. Um, and are we in par with them or are we below or average? So I think you know those are a couple of things that I am personally doing to make sure that I'm on top of the risk space. Alpha, I really appreciate it because you're not just talking about, you know, sitting in a class or just taking it in. You're also talking about all these organizations you talked about is also about sharing. So you're learning and also sharing. I really yeah, appreciate no, that. It's it's so important now, right? Because listen, we are all virtual. So we don't get to be in those conference rooms. We don't get to have dinners uh, with our peers. So I think having that communication and being able to share insights and best practices, I think that's pushing us all in a better direction as an organization. Right. So Alpha, my final question, what advice would you have for future risk leaders? How can they have a great career in risk management? How to prepare themselves? Well, look, I mean, I think it's a growing, growing demand field right now. Um, I think you couldn't choose any other field um, than being in risk and I am being one of them. Um, I think, look, there are a couple of things you need to have in order to be successful in this field. Um, one is being agile, right? You really need to understand the risk. You need to assess those risks. Um, and given the rapid advancing technology, um, I think you need to take the risk, but you need to be also able to get ready to fail fast, right? So if you're going to do something and it doesn't work, be okay to fail, but do it very quickly. Um, I think you also need to have a mindset of being very problem solver and innovative. Um, risk is not something that you're going to, unfortunately, it's not like working in a production line a checkbox exercise. So I would strongly suggest that you need right. to have that skill set. And the third, I think, is just critical is to project. So, so. Alpha, do you mind repeating the third one? Sure. The third one is having a good judgment. It is so, so critical, right, in risk profession to have that timely decision, but be able to understand the business and impact. So I think if they want to be successful, I would strongly suggest that they, if they have these three skill set, um, they will be, as I call, golden in that space. Alpa, those, that is sage advice. And again, thank you so much for joining this episode of CRO Wisdom. To the audience, if you have a guest in mind that I should be interviewing, please send an email to info at riskport.org, and I will make sure that we bring them on an episode of CRO Wisdom. Thank you again, Alpha. Thank you so much, Atul. Have a great day. Thank you.